You're listening to Tracks FM's podcast. If you've enjoyed our content, more podcasts are available on the RTM Click app and website. Let us know what you think. Please email us at tracksfm.rtm at gmail.com. Like and follow us on social media at Tracks FM Official. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. It's quarter past 11 right here, live and direct from studio number five, Radio Television Malaysia, Anka Sapuri. It's face-to-face, activate my monthly catch-up with my dearest friend who is somewhere on a beautiful island surrounded by 90 to 100 smaller islands. Her name is DJ Natia, I think. Is she there? Hello. Yes. Hi, Anil. Hello. How are you? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm missing you. I'm missing you. Yeah, I'm missing too. Jimmy Jembe. Uh-huh. I'm missing Langkawi. So is Lisham, I tell you. Yeah, we miss you guys too. Oh, God. Yeah. And uh-huh. you know, for some reason, every time we both go on air together, we're dressed up according to the occasion. Uh-huh. <laughs> we look pretty pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We look really <laughs> cool. Okay. So, how's the weather then, Langkawi? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, how to say? Yesterday, it was raining a little bit. Okay. Just a little bit, but it was really, really hot these days on the island. Oh. But, yeah, but we get a little bit of uh, raining yesterday, but um, to tell you the truth, it's not helping at all. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Langkawi misses Anil and DJ Natia on Langkawi FM. That is what it's missing. Yeah. I think whenever <laughs> you and I go on air, it's, gonna, it's a bright, sunny day in Langkawi. We should do yeah. this as often as we can, Natia. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start off. Today's face-to-face activate. And as usual, every time on face-to-face, we have a very interesting topic to talk about that uh, is an eye-opener. Mm-hmm. And speaking about eye-opening things, you know, I've got a question. Is there a, a place where all 8 billion people of us living on planet Earth can live happily ever after? You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a very bold, utopian question, Atiyah. Yeah. But in the real world we may have very different approaches to living without constant concern mm-hmm. because we are always on the verge of urgency. We are actively Correct. building communities because we want to embrace this world's vulnerability, right? Nothing is certain. And climate change and environmental issues include in that as well. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and over in Akasapuri, we have Nabila Shohimi, Sustainability um, Program Manager, Eco Nights, and uh, she will be talking about normalizing low-impact lifestyle. Absolutely. She's the guest that I have in the studio, sitting right across me. (laughs) This is my first time, but I'm told that she's no stranger to Tracks FM. Uh, Nabila, welcome. Welcome to the studio. Welcome back, I should say. (laughs) Thank you. Hi, uh, Anil and also Natia. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. (laughs) Natia, would like to say something to Nabila? Yeah. Hi, Nabila. How are you doing today? Hi, Natia. I'm doing fine. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. <laughs> okay, let's go. I, I, you know what? I miss Langkawi also. I, I've been to Langkawi a few times and I'm like, ah, I need to go to Langkawi again. Yeah, <laughs> you should come, come back. <laughs> when was your last visit there? Oh, 2021. Ah. Right okay. after the pandemic. Right. It was lifted right. up at the okay. back. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. My last visit was in 1999. And then fast forward many years later... Mm-hmm. I went there two weeks ago. Oh. It was absolutely amazing. Wow. Amazing. And what better way to enjoy... Yeah. What better way to enjoy the island and to have good friends around you, of right? It includes Lesham and Natia. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, Nabila, let's mm-hmm. jump straight into our discussion today. We're going to yep. talk about normalizing low-impact lifestyle. Mm. You're going to put it into perspective and explain things to us. Give us a gist of that. Mm-hmm. So, 
What does normalizing low-impact lifestyle mean to you personally, and how would you interpret this term? Okay, so basically normalizing low-impact lifestyle is more about um, reducing impact on the environment Mm -hmm. by embracing a responsible and some may say minimalist style of um, consumption whereby we focus on the needs rather than wants. Mm. And to me, to be honest personally, to me, uh, it's not just about reducing impact on the environment. It's actually to um, help, uh, it's actually making informed choices that help us in terms of our uh, physical health, our mental well-being, our financial stability, uh, security, happiness. It's, it's not just about environment. A lot of people mistakenly it's about environment. But actually, it's even bigger than that. Mm. Yeah, and some of the practices or the low-impact lifestyle would include uh, simple things like walking to the nearest cafe instead of just taking the car. Mm. Uh, it can also include recycling. We've got a lot of recycling points around here. Mm. Uh, it also includes um, things like remembering to switch off your lights or any electrical appliances that when you're not using. So mm. these are actually very uh, simple things. But of course, we need to be informed of uh, what are the choices that we can make? Right. Uh, Low-impact lifestyle can only happen when we know uh, the right information and even get access to the tools mm. that can help us to make this uh, lifestyle. Mm. Yeah. So low-impact essentially means lessening the burden on planet Earth, on yes. Mother Earth, yeah. and increasing that burden onto us. So instead of driving, we walk. Right? <laughs> we walk, but you see, we get healthier after yes, that, right? Absolutely. That's why it equals yeah, health impacts right. as well. Right, right. <laughs> Natia. All right. Uh, how might uh, communities and individuals, in your opinion, mm-hmm. uh, make low-impact living practices more commonplace in people's daily lives? Right. Okay. Um, I, I would speak from the perspective of uh, Econites as a um, how say impact-driven organization. So we've run uh, a lot of engagement with different people. We uh, work with different communities, individuals, and everyone's just different from each other in terms of our lifestyles, our mindsets, our beliefs and principles. Um, so when we talk about um, making low-impact living practices, some may think that, wow, this is really uh, something different, unheard of, or even jargon to them. Um, so we encourage them to just make start with small changes first. Start with the simplest thing that you can think of, right? Something that is uh, relevant to you and you can do it very easily and consistently because actually lifestyle means you do it consistently until it becomes a practice, part of your life. So we encourage people to make small changes Mm. and we don't encourage people to discriminate among each other. Everybody will have different lifestyle. Maybe Anil has a different lifestyle that can actually help the environment or your health. Uh, Natya has a different one. I have a different one. But in the end, we are all doing good stuff. No point of us saying like, oh, I'm doing the best. You're doing the, uh, something else. And, you know. So we, we don't encourage discrimination in lifestyle. So. Mm. Um, and of course, um, I, I want to share, like, because you mentioned about community. So um, communities play, uh, uh, I'm sorry, at a community scale, um, it's important to find uh, people who are alike in terms of values. Right. What you believe in. One of the examples I can see is through our program Aikita with uh, SPAN, uh, Surhan Jaya Perkhidmatan Air Negara, is that when we visited uh, a mosque uh, in, in PJ, it's called Masjid Jamit Sultan Abdul Aziz. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually had the initiative to install smart water taps for when they take wudu. Right. Okay. Uh, because actually, you know, when we take wudu, that tends to a lot, I mean, uh, water consumption tends to increase over there. Mm. So 
collectively they want to actually educate the people who go to the masjid and take wudu using the smart water taps and it can help to reduce the water consumption because that's what smart water taps do. Hmm. And they paste stickers and posters to educate people. So you can see that the community in the masjid itself is already learning to uh, reduce water consumption through the Islamic value as well. Yeah, uh-huh. so that, that's an example that I can share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Okay, okay. And you, since you touched on water, mm-hmm. let's jump a little bit deeper and talk about water. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Nabila, you know, they say water is the driving force of all nature. Yes. Right. Without water, you can't essentially think of a better way to sustain life on Earth. Mm-hmm. Human beings, animals, plants, everything relies on water. Mm-hmm. It's an essential component for sustainable living. Mm-hmm. Now, what part does technology actually play in helping people minimize the amount of water that we use daily? Because sometimes we take water for granted and we waste them. Mm, yep. Technology apparently now, especially with AI and things like that, is making things better. That's Your good. thoughts? Okay, so... Uh, well, it's good that science and technology itself has um, started to be implemented in many of our products, especially um, in Malaysia also. I think maybe just not a lot of people are aware of it. I can share some on uh, the smart water uh, products right. that are being uh, promoted by SPAN. Hmm. Uh, so SPAN has this scheme called uh, Skin Palibalan Product Checkup AI. SBPCA hmm. uh, that helps us to make informed choices of what kind of products that we want to buy in order to reduce our water consumption. Okay. So some of the products include like the dual uh, toilet flush, hmm. uh, even the washing machine where it helps to uh, control the amount of water that is needed to wash a certain uh, mm. clothes capacity, right? Right. Uh, there's also uh, the shower head. It helps to reduce the water, uh, the water pressure and whatnot. So it reduces the water amount that we use when we want to mm. take a shower and whatnot. So these are actually some of the uh, products that apply the technology. Right. And Spun helps to promote it. And through this scheme, it also... Uh, they, they, they also want to encourage mm. the local producers mm. to market it to our local people. Because most of this technology, we always think that, oh, we have to buy from outside. But actually, we can buy from inside, in Malaysia itself, right. at a cheaper price. And it's more practical for us, uh, economic-wise as well. Mm. Um, so that's how uh, the technology can help, uh, to, to help us, I mean, to help us uh, conserve water. water. Yeah, correct. Um, maybe if I can talk about, um, how to say it? Uh, the, the, the education the awareness because technology the application of technology hmm. it comes hand in hand with education and awareness actually right. so that's where uh, you can see like uh, Econikes with our partners either with Aislango or even Span we come in and, and approach communities the public and educate them about this technology because sometimes hmm. the terms when we use uh, the terms in technology are jargon right so we believe that technology cannot stand on itself we need to come in and give a little push in education and teach people like, hey, it's, it's actually quite simple. Mm. You just need to follow this, do like this, uh, go to which website or which uh, producer and know that, okay, they are selling the water, the smart water technology. Right. Yeah. I think because that involves educating, re-educating a generation Correct. that has yeah. been so used to doing things traditionally. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then with the you know inception of technology, 
it requires some time, right? Mm-hmm. For you yeah. to reintroduce something to them. Yes, it, it gives the perspective of like, oh, this is really complicated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Break that stereotype. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I'm today speaking to Nabila Shohimi. She's a sustainability program manager for Econites. And she's talking to us today about normalizing low-impact lifestyle. This is Face to Face Activate. We're going to jump in for a quick break. And then when we come back, we will resume with today's discussion. Keep it right here. DJ Anil and Natia will be back with you. All right. Welcome back to Tractor Fam Lankawai FM Face to Face Activate. Uh, today we are speaking to Navila Shohimi, Sustainability uh, Program Manager, Econites, talking about normalizing low-impact lifestyle. Yes, Navila given a current uh, spike in news coverage mm-hmm. and it is clear that, uh, um, uh, sorry, uh, that only no episode have a significant impact on weather patterns and weather access- accessibility in many locations. So how can uh, communities modify their low-impact lifestyle habits to lessen the impact of El Nino and other climate-related issues? All right. Thanks, Natia, for the question. Um, so generally, um, we need to look at the resources and uh, sorry, resources consumption and also uh, the production of waste, um, whereby we need to be very conscious of what we do, because every actions lead to you know different kinds of consequences and impacts and whatnot. Right. And so benefits, right? Mm. Um, so I would advise, uh, or yeah, I, I would suggest that everybody um, to be more open to various options mm. uh, that help us to either be versatile and adapt our lifestyle. Because, uh, again, uh, life changes all the time. Yeah. You know, different patterns, mm-hmm. different things. Um, so, again, things can get a bit um, complicated, but let's not go to the negative side. Yeah. Uh, we always look at the brighter side and, and be open to any ideas, any options, uh, working with different people. Because if we talk about communities, there's a lot of collaboration among communities and organizations with governmental agencies and whatnot, singles for individuals. There's so many opportunities for people um, to join a certain platform to make informed choices as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if we're talking about, let's say, water, in terms of water, um, perhaps one of the ways where we can reduce... Um, the, the, the impact from the El Nino is that um, how to say uh, tracking down the bills of our water consumption mm. that's the first thing that we need to know right. uh, because when we track down the water bills uh, we can see the the trend or the pattern of our water consumption and we will know like okay uh, for example this month uh, last month was a bit lower and the next month is a bit higher why did it happen mm. what kind of lifestyle do we have for the past one month Right, because uh, that's what my mom did also. That's how she disciplined us. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, from there, we know that okay, uh, perhaps we use too much water mm. when watering our plants or uh, washing the car. Mm. Perhaps we can actually recycle the water. Yeah. For example, let's say I use water for my cooking, and then I recycle it mm. uh, to water my plants and water mm. other things. Mm. Uh, because well, when we talk about water consumption, it also comes from uh, it also leads to energy consumption as well. Right. Right. Um, same goes for, for energy. Mm. Um, I mean, if you talk about energy, something simple like how long have we been stuck on our desk, working on our laptops, you know, switching on the charger all the time and yeah. everything. Mm. Uh, that, that leads to high uh, electrical consumption. Right. Same goes for how we commute from our 
home to workplace or to any other places right mm. now we've got uh, multiple public transportation options as mm. well uh, the MRT uh, there's also thing uh, the MRT is also you know joining uh, the monorail and different places again this is applying to uh, of course Kuala Lumpur lah, right. right in this context um, uh, other than that it's also something like uh, I think oh yeah speaking of energy mm. you can also track down through our electrical bills yeah yeah <laughs> yeah taking example from my mom yeah. <laughs> yes yes Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, yeah, speaking about that, water consumption, we often overlook these very minute things like, mm-hmm. are we using, because I always wonder sometimes, because I actually thought about it when you were talking about it, when we flush the toilet bowl, maybe sometimes you think, isn't that too much water just to flush down yeah. something yes. <laughs> in there? Yes. Or yeah. maybe, maybe, you know, when you're watering the plants, sometimes you would think that, am I not pouring too much water? Mm-hmm. Am I not giving my plants a little too much water? But how that's much right. is enough? That's you don't right. know that. Yes. And that's why there are people like you to help educators on that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think this also involves, like I mentioned, re-educating a generation. Correct. Creating a culture of low-impact living. And that yes. you know, requires mm-hmm. education and awareness. Just education, like awareness, top up with you know, policy making as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also certain actions by... Um, I mean, oh, sorry, certain actions and governance, not just by our governmental agencies, but even mm. in like corporate, in workplaces, mm. everyone has their own policies as well. So that actually when, helps to educate and uh, get people into action. Mm. Yeah. See, Nabila, mm. you have bought into the narrative. So have we. So has Natia. So mm-hmm. has everyone else. That's why we're having you in the studio. Right. Yeah. But how do you communicate this to ah. people's from from people from different layers of life yeah. and enforce the significance of, um, you know, sustainable practices in their mm-hmm. daily lives. Mm-hmm. How do you get the message across? Because, of course, you can't speak to a Gen Z the way you would speak to a boomer, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. They have a different Correct. lingo. Yes, yes. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, that's, that's a spot on that, Anya. Mm. Um, so, um, how do I say? Uh, firstly, it's, of course, the language that we use. I'm not just talking about Bahasa Melayu, English, yes. and uh, Tamil, and Chinese. It's also like what you say, you know, we all, different generations also have different languages. Right. Even different industries mm. speak different language. Language. Right? So, we need to understand who are we approaching first. Yeah. If I were to approach a small child mm. of a, like, five-year-old and speak to the child, like, is it the, the, uh, the <laughs> child is a 20-year-old person, yeah. pretty sure the child will get bored and run away somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so we need to understand who we are talking to, okay. um, because by that, by understanding them, then we can actually try to increase uh, the level of relevance of the topic to mm. them. Mm. The thing is, um, it's not just—I I don't think it's just in Malaysia. Generally, globally, actually, mm. uh, people find it hard to relate to something because the impact or something that, that's happening is not directly impacting them. Yeah, it's indirect. It trickles down, actually. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So we need to increase that level of relevance, and for that, I think education is a fluid um, tool mm. that allows us to incorporate different languages, mm. different tools to communicate to different people. Right. For example, like in, in Econikes, we, if we were to educate, uh, oh, sorry, uh, run environmental education for kids, yeah. we don't give them like a boring kind of or lecture kind of a workshop. Mm. We bring in tools for them to play around. We bring them out to nature and try to get them to relate to science. Right. And then if, let's say, we were to go to, let's say, uh, corporate, mm. we try to relate to their governance, their policy, mm. so that they understand, ah, okay, this is relevant to my workplace. Mm. This is relevant to my company's image and what they believe in. 
So that's how uh, one of the ways that we can communicate with them. Experiential learning. Correct. Experiential learning, mm. um, incorporating, uh, how to say, citizen science as well. I think citizen science is a perfect... Citizen science. Yes, because mm. it means that because science is not supposed to be limited to just scientists yeah. or the biological people and everything. Sure. It, it should be open to everyone, mm. even though, you know, they are not from the scientific background. But yeah. science has a way to allow non-science community to be part of it. Mm. So uh, I, I know some of the NGOs has run, um, how to say, monitorings in mangroves and whatnot. Uh, and they teach the community simple ways on how to do the monitoring. Right. You don't require a scientist to be there all the time. Yeah, yeah. So the scientists actually just go down, communicate with them, you know, have build good relationships with them as well. Mm. And the community understands what they're supposed to do and why it's important for them to do it. Mm. Mm -hmm. They feel it's relevant to them. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? Hey, let's do it. Let's just do it. Mm. Yeah. Wow, mm. good revolution here. Scientists are not the ones who only publish journals and also research papers. It could be people like you and I too, <laughs> social yeah. scientists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It includes yeah. Natia as well. Yeah, yeah. And like this platform, you know, using uh, the radio platform, media yeah. is very important. Social yeah. media, um, the way you know, creativity is actually very important okay. to to relate or to converse all these different things to people. Okay, mm -hmm. Natia. And uh, maybe, Nabila, you can share, you know, some uh, practical methods for lowering daily energy usage and uh, how can uh, people and communities make energy efficiency and mm -hmm. conservation a priority as part of their low-impact living efforts? Okay, um, some of the practical methods, like I think I mentioned before, this is like tracking down <laughs> the our our electrical consumption, you know, or other forms of energy in terms of petrol and all. Like because what your mother said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't know whether she's listening to, to yeah, our credit, session now. Credit to Nabila's mother. Yeah? <laughs> Thanks to her. Yeah, I think all of our mothers would have told us the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't waste electricity, you know, it's not cheap. Don't you waste water, you know? Exactly. Plucking water off from the sky. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, you know, when we track down all our energy consumption, mm. um, naturally, we would come up with uh, setting goals for ourselves. Right. For mm. example, okay, this month, I want to reduce how many ringgit of my bill electric. Mm. And then also, you know, I want to reduce how much I use uh, Grab or even my car, the uh -huh. petrol consumption as well. Mm. So when we set these goals, uh, it helps us to uh, chart or strategize our ways mm. to reduce the energy consumption. And it can be, again, something very simple, switching mm. off the lights. Uh, oh, and also, you know, I, 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 what I learned is that if, let's say, your charger, your phone charger is still stuck at that plug point, mm. uh -huh. uh, even though you switch it off and it's not connected to your phone, in a way, electricity still flows through. So oh. you still you still consume uh, consume electric. So that's something that my mom taught me. Oh mm. my goodness, credit wow. to my mom again. Lots of wisdom from your mother. Yeah. <laughs> and and also other of course I will give credit to other experts as well. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when when I heard about it, then I said, like, eh, oh, this is actually something that is uh, I, I've been absent minded about it. Mm. So every time I switch off my phone, I just plug out the whole thing. Yeah. And you know that's done. Yeah. yeah. Right. So these are some of the uh, practical ways. Of course, if we want to do together as a community or family or even in workplace. Mm. Uh, we need to look at what generally consumes a lot of energy in, in our area. Mm. Right? For example, if let's say it's a, a, a community, they yeah. feel that okay, most of our people, mm. they require to travel on their own to go to a, a, a clinic that they always go to right. mm -hmm. for their uh, health checkup. Mm. Why not we come up with like a carpool? 
okay. kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. So that is also another practical method as well. Okay, yeah. okay. Interesting you brought that up because right now you see lots of major organizations incorporating SDG, mm-hmm. Sustainable Development Goals as well, yep. uh, as part of the uh, you know roadmap, yes. sort of a blueprint for sustainability in the organization. Mm-hmm. And that's being looked at at a corporate level. And uh, yeah, maybe we can have a mini SDG at homes as well. You know, you, maybe yeah. <laughs> you guys can come up with a module that parents can incorporate with children. At home, schools, universities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Today on Face to Face Activate, Anil on the mic and DJ Natia, we're speaking to Nabila Shohimi. She's a sustainability program manager for Econites, and we're speaking about normalizing low impact lifestyle. Face to Face Activate, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll resume and wrap up this very interesting, revealing discussion. That was seven years by. Nora Jones, welcome back uh, right now here on Face to Face Activate with me, Anil on the mic and DJ Nadia. And with us today in the studios, we have Nabila Shohimi, a sustainability program manager from Econites. And she's talking to us about normalizing low impact lifestyle. Nabila, welcome back to Face to Face Activate. Now, um, how consumers actually behave affects the demand that there's out there for products and also services. So, Nabila, what actions do you think can people take to make much more um, sort of sustainable purchase decisions mm-hmm. and how can this thing called conscious consumerism, I think that's mm-hmm. a new term that we phrased there, mm-hmm. and how can this help in normalizing low-impact living, the topic we're talking about today. Right. Okay. Mm. So firstly, we need to educate ourselves mm. uh, about the various options that we have, right? And uh, these options include uh, supporting local products, Right, because that would reduce a lot of energy consumption needed to import a certain product to Malaysia. Mm. Uh, another thing is also to uh, look at options of uh, getting second-hand, uh, second-hand items or mm. products at thrift mm. stores and, and a lot. There's a lot of online second-hand stores and, and platforms like Facebook, Carousel. Um, and then after that, another one is uh, repurposing or upcycling a certain product mm. to make it into something that we really want, actually. So right. those are some of the uh, options. And bearing all this in mind, we also need to remember the concept of the need versus the want. Because mm. the need is the one that's more important right. rather than the want. Of course, it's good to give us some break and, and treat mm. ourselves to something. Yeah. But we still need to be conscious lah, to be smart consumers as well. Let me guess, did your mother teach you that? Uh, <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> Come here, Nabila. Yes, she did. I just wanted to make you chuckle for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, uh, you know, so with uh, smart and conscious consumerism, mm. right, we, when we practice all these uh, options, it will actually not, it, it, it won't discriminate or uh, sort of end the, our manufacturers or producers. Mm. I actually really hope that it encourages and it challenges um, the producers and the manufacturers to improvise and integrate the concept of sustainability into their products mm. instead. Um, and I've seen many producers and manufacturers that accept the challenge, mm. uh, especially the ones in uh, local, yeah. and they manage to come up with good products. Right. So I think that shows the shift of the mentality, the mindset. It's mm. not just about consumers, it's about everybody. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was that was a thought that I uh, once heard from one of the consumers. Why do you put the burden on the consumers to decide on uh, things that are, you know, environmentally <laughs> friendly when the producers actually should be thinking of that? The manufacturers should be thinking of yeah, that, yeah. right? They, they will follow our demands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Natia. Okay. And Nabila, uh, mm-hmm. where can uh, the general public find out more about normalizing low impact lifestyle and what can they do to achieve this? All right. Okay. So um, the 
I, I think the general public can actually uh, follow organizations either in sustainable field or environmental field or even um, those who encourage smart and conscious uh, consumerism and all these uh, good lifestyles. Uh, of course, one of them is Equinix, where I, I come from. Mm-hmm. Um, you can visit us at, at equinix.org.my. You know, follow us on Instagram. We normally run all sort of engagements, uh, workshops, be it talks and whatnot. Um, and also, actually, uh, this coming week, we are also running our Kuala Lumpur Eco Film Festival. Mm. Um, and uh, it's called KLEFF in short. So you can visit uh, our kleff.org.my or even easier, go on Instagram straight away mm. and uh, follow us. We actually, uh, it's not just about Eco Nights. We are also collaborating mm. with different partners uh, from organization, governmental agencies, mm. corporate partners okay. who come together and have the same mindset on uh, low impact lifestyle. So that's actually where everybody can find information at. Yeah, okay. you can also follow governmental relevant governmental agencies as well. Mm. The Kementerian, Jabatan mm. uh, Sekita, they they all actually have a lot of information. On their platforms. Okay, okay. Now, Bila Shoemi, thank you so much for being with us today on Face to Face Activate. Is there anything else you wish to add before we let you go for the day? Yeah, um, I just want to encourage all, uh, people to not feel negative about you know getting to this low impact lifestyle. Yes. Okay. Just start with something small mm. and feel good about it. Celebrate yourself also with right. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Thank you so much, Anil, and also Natia. It was such a pleasure yeah. having you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all we have for our face-to-face activate, especially linked up uh, program between Trex FM and Langkawi FM. That happens every th- Thursday of the month. So yeah, thank you very much, DJ Anil, for having me. <laughs> You're most welcome. The pleasure is mine. I look mm-hmm. forward to our next rendezvous, which will yeah. be in March. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on, uh-huh. you forgot. Yeah, next one. Every yeah. that's, that's. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Natia. Bye, Natia. Have a lovely bye. day. Bye. Take care. You All too. right. Bye. Okay, that was Face to Face Activate with DJ Natia and also Anil on the mic. We had uh, a conversation with Nabila Shohimi on normalizing low impact lifestyle. If you missed out on this interesting conversation, worry not. You can catch the replay on our official Facebook page at Tracks FM or you can catch the replay as well via our official YouTube channel at Tracks FM RTM. 10 minutes to the top of the hour, which means at 12 o'clock we'll be uh, breaking away for the 12 o'clock news bulletin. And then right after that, I'll be back for the third hour of Tracks Moment. You're listening to Tracks FM's podcast. If you've enjoyed our content, more podcasts are available on the RTM Click app and website. Let us know what you think. Please email us at tracksfm.rtm at gmail.com. Like and follow us on social media at Tracks FM Official.